The word of God for our meditation this morning is recorded in Titus chapter 3, beginning at verse 4. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Dear fellow redeemed, for most of us, our baptism took place long ago when we were babies. We don't even remember it. Our parents brought us to the baptismal font. We had no choice in the matter. We know we were baptized back then, but what does that have to do with the here and now? with whom we are today. In the large catechism, Martin Luther makes it clear that baptism isn't just some event in the past, only our initiation ceremony into Christianity, but that baptized into Christ forms our identity as Christians throughout our lives. He writes, to appreciate and use baptism aright, we must draw strength and comfort from it when our sins or conscience oppress us, and we must retort, but I am baptized, and if I am baptized, I have the promise that I shall be saved and have eternal life, both in soul and body. How does baptism have such power? Or to put it in the words of the small catechism, how can water do such great things? Luther answers on the basis of our text, it is not the water that does these things, but the word of God which is in and with the water, and faith which trusts this word of God in the water. For without the word of God, the water is simply water and no baptism. But with the word of God, it is a baptism a gracious water of life, and a washing of regeneration in the Holy Spirit. So we see that baptism is not just plain water, but the water included in God's command and connected with God's word. Baptism is, as Paul puts it in the letter to the Ephesians, the washing of water with the word. Why do we need this washing? In our text, God is called our Savior. As our Savior, he saved us. What did he save us from? The short answer is ourselves. Listen to this description of our sinful condition and actions found in the verse right before our text. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures, we lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. All these sinful thoughts 
words and actions are the result of the fall into sin. By the fall of Adam and Eve into sin, we have turned away from God and turned inward towards serving ourselves instead of carrying out God's will. In the garden, Adam and Eve chose themselves, their will, and their agendas, and their instant gratification, rather than God's will and plans for them. Of course, they did not fully realize that that was what they were doing at the moment. They were deceived into disobedience. They were rebellious, though, willing to be deceived. And when God's will didn't agree with their will, they chose to turn away from his will and command and sin. And so it is with us. In our personal lives, we reflect our sinfulness toward one another, by short-sighted and self-serving choices, choices motivated by malice, envy, and hatred. That is what God appeared among us to save us from, ourselves and our sin. That is why God sent Jesus. But why did God save us? What moved him? It certainly wasn't anything we did, not by works of righteousness which we have done, What a relief. If God would have waited to grant salvation until we had done something to earn it, we would never be saved. Contrary to popular belief, you don't get to heaven by being a good person or living a good life. That is, by your works, even in part. Even in our best works by nature, there is nothing that could earn God's love and forgiveness or eternal life. No matter how outwardly righteous our works may appear before others, when it comes to earning salvation, they are worthless. The prophet Isaiah goes so far as to say, all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Ouch. So what moved God to save us? Our text answers, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Salvation is not achieved by our good works, but comes through God's mercy alone. Mercy is pity and compassion. God looked with pity upon our wretchedness, with compassion that knew no limits. God is rich in mercy. God saved us because he took pity on us sinners. How can I, a miserable sinner, hope to receive this amazing gift of God? Let Jesus answer you as he did Nicodemus. I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. The washing of water with the word is a means of grace whereby God saves us. That brings us to the second question addressed by our text. What does this washing do for us? There are some who deny the saving power of baptism. They say that somehow the Holy Spirit works apart from baptism and the word in some direct way that you experience and feel in your heart. They separate the working of the Holy Spirit from baptism and the other means of grace. To them, baptism is only an act of obedience on the part of believers, a work of man. However, our text teaches 
that baptism saves us. He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. God's salvation is transmitted to us through holy baptism. Through holy baptism, faith is worked in our hearts. Faith that receives the blessings of salvation won by Christ. The first of these blessings is rebirth. Each year on our birthday, we have a party. We enjoy birthday cake and ice cream and invite friends over and open presents. Even more worth celebrating is our rebirth day, the day of our baptism. Rebirth is another way of saying that the Holy Spirit works faith in your heart through baptism. This gives you new spiritual life where before there was only spiritual death. The rebirth God affected in us by baptism makes us a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Another blessing this washing of water with the word brings is renewal by the Holy Spirit. Renewal means renovation or reconstruction, a remodeling project. This spiritual remodeling project begun in us by the Holy Spirit in baptism continues throughout our lives day by day. Day by day, we tear down our old, rotten material of sin by confessing our sins before God and put up the fresh new material of our new man through faith in Christ. Our new man desires to do the things that are pleasing to God, living by faith in Christ, walking in newness of life. While we are still a work in progress in this life, an ongoing construction project of the Holy Spirit, the fact is that we have already been justified by his grace. Because of God's undeserved love for us in Christ, he has declared you not guilty. This not guilty verdict is yours by faith, worked by the Holy Spirit in baptism. The blessings of baptism continue throughout our lives here on earth and unto eternal life as we become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Heirs are those who receive an inheritance. Through baptism, our names are written in God's will, the book of life. Our inheritance is heaven. So baptism is anything but simple water. It is the washing of water with the word. Connected with God's promise, it brings us unending comfort and hope and gives us every reason to exclaim, I am baptized into Christ. I'm a child of paradise. Amen.